Richard, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. We're here at our co-working space for a board. A board is our startup. Co-working with co-workers. Exactly. My name is Paul Ford, by the way. I'm the co-founder of a board. And I'm Rich Ziotti, the other co-founder and CEO of a board. If you haven't checked out a board, please check it out. It is a great tool for managing all kinds of links and data. Uh, lots of new and exciting features coming. I'm going to say two letters. You ready for those two letters? Mm. AI. We're not going to talk about AI today, but AI is coming to a board. In a very unique way. In a really positive way. In a way where it actually, we use it as a tool and not as a way to just help itself to other people's content. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it'll be something that people will react to warmly. Anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that, but I just keep an eye on a board, subscribe to the newsletter, which you get if you sign up to a board. It's free. Aboard.com. It's free for now. Check it out. Two subjects. I'm going to tell you about two things, and then we're going to talk about them real quick. Okay. All right. One is Substack. Mm. This is a newsletter service where you can charge money. Giant newsletter platform came, you know, a couple of years ago. Really started to get not a couple, a few years ago. Really started to get big. Uh, and yep. it's a, essentially you can sign up for free, mm -hmm. publish a newsletter to a group of individuals, yep. and um, you can monetize that. They will. You can people can pay you for the newsletter. Yep. So it's a little bit of CMS, a little bit of paywall, a little bit of magazine, et cetera, et cetera. It's helping content creators mm -hmm. and writers uh, make money. Good for them. So it is an organization that uh, likes a little drama, gets a little drama. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Well, I mean, how many writers have you seen who are like, I got to leave Substack, got to get off of this I've thing? been seeing that lately. Yeah. So what happened is they have that kind of free speech maximalist attitude where they're like, well, if Nazis are going to publish here, we got to let them publish. Right. That turns out to like makes the other writers, the ones who have relatively large readership, yeah, they feel weird and bad about it. And so they're like, I guess I'll go find some other place to publish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've heard about this. I've heard about the Nazis. And I have opinions mm -hmm. about it. Oh, that's uh, a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell, tell me what you think, because I'm curious, because I know what I think. I'll share it, but I'm curious what you think about this dynamic. The free speech maximalists don't know what free speech is, in, in a like literally in a classic legal sense. There are exceptions to free speech, like incitement. You're sure. not allowed to ye yell fire in a theater. That's the uh, classic example. The there's, classic, there's like about, I think there's seven exceptions. Well, there's also like, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You also can't yell, I I'm going to shoot the president with this gun, right? Like there, there are certain things that like we really lock down on as yes. a society. But here's, I think, what is most fascinating. Who the hell asked technologists to be the arbiters of free speech i'll tell you it is something about using a computer makes a person <laughs> absolutely certain let us be grateful that the apps that got really big are like photoshop and not surgery doer because like if you had an app that let people do brain surgery and it was about as expensive as photoshop yeah everybody would be a brain surgeon on the yeah. freaking internet yeah i mean if, if we want to let, let's dip into the legal side of it for a split second here please do most of the free speech rationale has to do with government not restricting 
your right to free speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press. There's freedoms that I think actually are amazing and what make America unique. I really believe that because we see what happens when people try to control information and control people's ability to gather and talk to each other. Uh, in other countries, and it's sad and terrible because humans love to express themselves. Well, people get out, they go out, and they express themselves, and tanks roll in. And That's the, right. And the deal in America is, like, you're going to get out. If you express yourself and you don't fire a lot of guns, we won't roll in tanks. We don't always keep to the letter on that, but that is the fundamental deal. That's the understanding of the First Amendment that you're kind of like that I have. I mean, when Trump was president, and frankly when Biden is president— the criticisms that a president takes in the United States are just absolutely brutal, right? Like withering insults and and just horrible, like, I'm not even talking about analysis. I'm talking about just mean memes that are, like, insulting and degrading to whoever you happen to hate in the White House, If right? you do that in China, you're off. You're kind of done, they right? Don't want, you can go to jail. Turkey has a knob that turns off the internet. Yeah. Like, there are other countries that are like, we're not having this, right? In America, you don't you don't have to worry about that. So, again, so far. Again, there are laws. Libel and slander are laws, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and also this gets, there, there are issues of interpretation. There was, you know, Supreme Court cases about pornography and so on. It's very subtle. A lot of this is subtle. But the fundamental deal is if you have a strong statement to make about the world you live in and you get up and you say it, you will not go to jail yeah. in America. I'm going to say something that is going to be a little, uh, I mean, might get read the wrong way. Okay. If a for-profit business has decided to keep someone on or not keep someone on, that's on them. And what happened with Platformer, which is this very popular newsletter. Casey Newton writes it. Casey Newton writes it on Substack. Is that Platformer was like, I see what you did. And he kind of implies you kind of have a right to do it because you're not the U.S. government. You can do whatever you want. You want to publish Nazis. You're actually a for-profit business. It's not even a non-profit. It's a for-profit business. And you decided you want to keep a couple of Nazis on just to kind of keep things interesting. And that's your choice. But I also have choices, and markets work the way they do. And so I actually think you can hate Substack, but don't tell Substack that they can't have Nazis on there. Because they can. But there are implications to it, which means that other people may be like, ah, I don't want my storefront next to that storefront. And they leave. And that's okay, too. That's not them saying they don't respect free speech. That's saying, I don't want to be in the, the store. If, you, if you're in the mall and I you... I just re- want to be nearby that. Let's say you, you're in the mall and you have a Spencer Gifts, right? That's a pretzel right. store. Orange Julius opens up next to you, okay? And then Der Sturmer opens up next door and sells only, like, Nazi special, memorabilia. Nazi memorabilia and, like, special combat boots that are made by Nazis, yeah. right? And then you start to see people coming through the mall to be there i'm gonna really i'm gonna first of all i'm gonna talk to mall management i'm gonna be like i'm paying rent here i don't feel good about that like you're letting nazis in and if they're like listen they have as much of a right to open a store freedom of but notice the metaphor i'm using is the mall not like some great like you know assembly well look i mean here's the thing And, and and you see you know musk has gone through it too because disney doesn't want to deal they're like you got some weird shit on your platform dude I got Mickey Mouse and I got Frozen 2 and maybe 3 is coming out. You know what's know. wild is that they seem to assert, like Musk. I he mean, takes it personally. It's like, what well, are no, you but, talking but about? I don't think it's just that he takes it personally. He seems to feel that 
he is asserting his interpretation of the law and that that should be binding. He is not the law. You know who else is doing that now? Is like that there's a there's a, that guy Bill Ackman who didn't like that his wife got called out on on um, plagiarism. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like there's all these like people who are kind of getting up and being like, hey, hold on a minute, that's not how it works. Here's what I can't reconcile in my head: these are free market advocates. Yeah, I know. And then they they get and Disney has an advertising budget, and if they decided to shift the money from X, formerly Twitter, to the side of a bus, that's the beauty of free markets and capitalism. And that's what you love, right? Bill Ackman and Elon Musk, like it made you billionaires. So what are you whining about? Like I don't know I, I don't understand how that argument does not land for them. I think that they what happened and this was part of tech culture. I was part of this. You were part of this in a way, but you were always a little more you came out as a lawyer, so you're a little more suspicious. But when I came to technology as a kid, right? Like I just felt it was promising a new world. Literally, it was saying we're gonna overthrow government and there is gonna be unfettered mm-hmm. freedom of speech. And yeah. it was this era where like you didn't feel that you had freedom of speech because magazines wouldn't publish you you had to go to kinko's and photocopy things you wanted to say right right? right, right. so here's this new platform and everyone was flabbergasted that you could hit publish and suddenly a million people could come take a look at your thing and that could cost you close to zero dollars that used to be utterly the province of billionaires governments large organizations yeah and, and being faithful about human beings and feeling pretty good about humans in general, the yeah. assumption was that we're going to lift them up, they're going to open their voices, and we're going to have a better world because everyone's going to get their voice. It turns out, I don't think we're all garbage by any means, but it doesn't take a lot of bad apples to spoil everything. It doesn't. And I think you're touching on something here that's really important. When people find success at scale and they see massive numbers of people have showed up, they sort of assume that they've now inherited some sort of civic space that is actually impacting the world. The truth is Twitter did impact the world. It has impacted the world. It has been the catalyst for revolutions in certain countries. So Musk bought this thing, and he thought he bought sort of the HOV lane into civic duty, and that he now has the platform where humanity can finally reconcile with itself. Right. And it turns out, no, humanity watches 30 second videos and likes to goof around. And the platform is optimized for attention and and anger and fresh and rage. Humanity, unfortunately, in aggregate just has a tendency to say weird stuff about other ethnicities. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like humanity, like an enormous amount of humanity. It just feels, yeah. I mean, Can I, I tell to... you my theory about the root cause of all this? Yeah, please. Engineers are the root cause of all this. And the engineering mind is the root cause of all this. What I mean by I that is I know where this. you're going. I agree. It, it, it is intellectually neat mm-hmm. and tidy to say, well, I have a utility. This is a utility. It is a platform. You put stuff in the box. The box pushes it back out to the world. And therefore, the world should allow all boxes to be created equal. And humans... We'll sort out the bad from the good. Engineers hate law because they think it should be logical. It is logical. No, not the way they think. Not the way they, they, they think. They think it should be Boolean. Yes. Not lo- right. Law has its own logic. It is not Boolean logic. There is this false belief that terrible bad things, and I think the Substack founders said this. They're like, we know it's bad. Humans will filter it out. But here's the thing. I don't have to put Mickey Mouse... Next to a Nazi logo. You know why? Yeah. Do you know why? Why? 
It's my Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. Well, it's public domain now, part of it. But well, regardless. Yes. yes. Yeah, look, the thing here, right, is that I, when I was younger, I, I was raised in this like very anti-racist, very progressive household. Like we've talked about this before, and there are times when you're in that culture, you like I, you know, you kind of want to go see what the other side is saying just to understand it. So I went and read a bunch of Nazi stuff. It's dumb. It's freaking dumb. It's the same pictures yeah, of like big nose, horrible. Yeah, 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 it's just Aryan, you've seen, you've blah, seen blah, it. Blah. You've seen it, and so you know, and you're kind of like you're like, oh boy, it's, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna have a taste of this and see what it's like, and you're like, oh god, really? Yeah. Having done that, I have yet to see a new idea in 20, 30 years since I went and read that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the same stuff. And so what Substack is saying is like, hey, I, what they're actually saying to me as a consumer, and I'll tell you a Substack story in a second, they're saying, hey, great news. We're putting it all in front of you. And I'm, I'm looking back and I'm saying, I've seen it. Like, I don't need HBO to show me Welcome Back, Cotter. I've seen it. I don't, yeah. like, it's at that level. Yeah. It's just like, I don't need that garbage anymore. But, but I will say, I'm okay. It's Substack's prerogative to do that. Yes, but I actually, I bailed on Substack like more than a year ago. Because yeah. I subscribed to all these newsletters, oh, I was pay- I was paying for a bunch of them, and then they like fired this editor for, and they, they it was sort of a nasty firing where like they okay, didn't see, like I didn't know this like why does Substack have an editor? I thought they were just a oh platform. they have lots of editors, they had lots of people. They were they they tried to create a good content product. I see. And so that some some writer like bailed on them, and then they they like went after the editor, and they they fired him from other stuff. Like it was just sort of like spongy and bad. Okay. And I, it just felt gross. I just okay, so it's not actually a utility. The, the classic argument amongst technologists is like we're just a utility no no they they don't i don't think they edit the nazis but yeah no but they do have like compilation they have like notes where they pluck content from different newsletters oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is like a fo- they're in the mix it's right? an editorial platform it's an editor and they they have they an editorial not, they may not want you to say that right i think that's where it's harder for them to say well we're just a platform no you're publishing no what one's you publish just, well versus like you know I don't know. Cloudflare. Listen, yes. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second. The um, Cloudflare's hosting Nazis too? Actually, no, they went through that as well. All the hosting companies have because they had to occasionally they have to be like, look, we're not going to allow the that content on our platform. We're not going to be neutral. I didn't know that. I didn't know. What about we'll Azure? Yeah, exactly. Azure. Well, <laughs> it gets tricky. So look, um, no, I, there was a point I've talked about this before. Like, I did, it left such a bad taste in my mouth as like a writer editor type that I was like, I'm kind of done with this platform. I'm done with paying everything on it. And like, I just felt okay. weird you about pl- it. You canceled everything. I canceled. Look, man, you have the right to do that. I did. I will I, say this: something else. They had a right to fire that editor. They're a for-profit business. Yeah, it was gross. The, it was gross the way they did it. That's why I quit. And that's your form of protest. Yes. So then, platformer no, no. can leave. So then, they can keep the Nazis. And, and and to their credit, I had a little mailing list there with like a thousand, maybe two thousand names on it. They made it really easy to get all my stuff out. They were pretty good about that. Like I was pretty happy with their their like cancellation. I, I also, yeah, I was reading the the platformer announcement, and they're like, move. They let them have all their subscribers. Yeah, they don't. Back. They didn't make you. It's not back. They don't make you lock. You own your list. That's amazing. It's a good product That's that good. way. Look, Substack sucks because it's a good product that seems to be ruined by the dumbest public messy things. This is what I this is the point I'm getting at and I want to talk about Cloudflare for one second too, but like Here's what I hate. I hate mess. You know what drives me crazy about the New York Times? They sit there all day long and tell you what to think and worry about, uh-huh. and then they implode and just spew their own disasters about wait, hiring, wait, did we firing. Sh- do we just change topics? No. 
No, because it's like Explain? these large organizations that are like, hey, give us your trust and attention uh-huh. and, and we'll tell you what to do and what to think. <laughs> okay. And then they have like an internal HR disaster and it is treated like an asteroid has hit the moon and yeah. we have to all pay attention to it. And the mess leaks everywhere. Substack is messy. Yeah. It's messy. I don't like messy products. I don't like messy leadership in organizations because I just wanted to read my freaking newsletter. There is... No, but if you're a good capitalist product, if that's what you really want to be, don't spew your mess into the commons. You need to keep your crap buttoned up. Here's why they don't... Here's what they can't help with. They can't help with. When they reach scale and they see that when they hit the... they, They tap the slightest signal and it just resonates across the world, they confuse an executive of a company that has to take care of its audience and its customers with becoming these like elevated civic servants. That's the confusion. You know, that is completely real. And I, I will say the last five years didn't make that easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But that's you, right. One of the, I'll, I'm going to speak honestly for a sec. One of the things I've been doing, because I feel a board is very important and I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing. I think it's good for the world in funny ways. I don't talk about that. You know, I, it, it sounds like marketing, so I'm careful with it. But I've been winding down a lot of my public engagements a lot of my writing Except this podcast paul because it's a good podcast exactly no 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 there's a few there's a few exceptions this is a constrained place where we have a lot of control because i really do feel like if i'm going to lean in on this with you and we're going to build this startup i can't have other things out there where i can be called to account for them as well as for a board they're also incredibly time consuming and energy consuming and emotionally consuming what i'm trying to do is minimize the chance for mess i want to build the least messy platform it's literally for cleaning up data well okay but culturally i I, i'm happy you're doing this just by the way as your co-founder i think that's a good thing i think can we put a tool out in the world that makes life a little bit easier and a little bit simpler for people Everyone trying to do that. I like. I'm, I bet the meetings for Substack when they were first coming up with the idea were incredibly positive about how they're going to help writers and help publishers. And they created a very good product. They created a very good product. Where you lose the script is that you're like, holy moly, important national figures around the world are writing on this thing. Incredibly influential journalists are on this thing. We have a duty. You have one job you have one duty which is to make sure your audience and your customers and effectively your partners all these writers and journalists are partners of substack feel really good about your growth feel really good about you yeah and then you're going to hear them now you do have every right if you want to tilt this thing to the right and have nazis and whatever else you're doing you can do that I think you're you're kind of headed towards more of a lifestyle business at that point, but you can you can do it. Here's what I would say about that: it's mess. I hate mess. It's mess. I don't like mess, and so like I look at that, and that is my reaction. We've had this conversation before about like drama at the company, thirty-seven signals, and other things where like people will go out and they will make political statements and sometimes you and I will agree or disagree but I think the one thing that you and I agree on is that I don't like public mess out of the things that people are supposed to buy and participate in I think it's a bad sign I don't like to see it yeah it makes me want to put my credit card deep back in my wallet you don't want to spend 
No, yeah. because and yeah. I, it drives me. It's one of the things that drives me bananas about the New York Times. The New York Times currently is going through a nice quiet period where we're not hearing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I feel good. Yeah, about I don't it. know a lot about these HR disasters that you speak of. Oh, I do. We won't even go in them. We don't have hours and hours. Yeah. But anybody, if you just yeah. like watched on Twitter over the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of stuff. Yes, I've seen some stuff. Yes. Right. So the other thing, I mean, speaking of this, right? Like, um, there's more mess out there in the world right now. You you had something to show me this morning. What was it? It's kind of hard to watch. I'll be honest. It was a uh, a Cloudflare account rep rep getting laid off on Zoom, and she filmed the layoff. She filmed herself. She didn't film the other people, which was thoughtful of her to do. Though you know, it's it, I think you know whether it's wise to do that at all is a separate thing. But she filmed the whole layoff Zoom call. Yeah, and it was. And it's 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 resonating because there's a lot of lay, there's a lot of white collar tech layoffs happening right now. Yeah, like if really you are. go to TechCrunch, they're keeping a chart right now mm. on a month to month basis of all the layoffs. Is the economy bad? No. Is tech falling apart? No. I think we just there was so much over hiring and that people are trying to rein it in. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people getting laid off. So, which I mean, it, when you say that, and you're the person getting laid off, it feels very, very sadistic. It feels very sadistic. Like, how could you? You overhired because you didn't value me in the first place. Like, what? What? What are you doing to me? Yeah, yeah. And and look, the economy is humming, right? And and the truth is, there's this weird little. I call it like sort of a pocket of a job recession in tech white collar right now mm-hmm. um, because there's just such a massive influx I of I don't know hiring. if people have ever seen it before, have they? It's odd, right? Because right? you can't hire a truck driver right now. Yes, that's like, true. You can't We hire. actually know people who are in the business of hiring truck drivers, and it's hard. It's hard. and Restaurant you, workers. Restaurant workers. They're, 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 you know, and you know, look, I, I, honestly, my, my, let me put the capitalist hat back on. That means you have to pay them a little bit more, and that's not the worst thing. Pay, pay the restaurant workers just a little bit more. It's okay. You know what's funny is we've decided that that's not capitalist, <laughs> but it actually is, right? Like it is. Their market is tight. so you're gonna supply ha- and demand. You're going to have to pony yeah. up and give a truck driver more money. That's right. So, yeah, this video is hard to watch. I, at first, I was like, you've been there a few months. Like, relax. It's not like you put 20 years of your life in. But then you're, you just realize this is a human being that's just really hurt about what they're going through, right? And, and, and it's a company, mm-hmm. and it's a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. We talk about spreadsheets on this podcast. Let me tell you something. This is advice for anybody who's 30 years old or, or younger. Spreadsheets will rule your life. Yeah, they do. You're on you about... You won't see them. You're on five right now. You're on five right now, right? And that's what running a business, especially at scale, is about, sadly. Actually, hold on a sec. Let's. This is a good... Because I, you and I had the same reaction, which is I watched this person and I felt a lot of empathy for her. I actually felt some empathy for the HR people because they were in over their heads. They, <laughs> I didn't like their script. Like, there is a script you follow, which is basically... It was not good. You're focused on communicating that this is over and that you are going to follow up. That's right. There is no conversation to have. Anyway... I think this is real, right? Like, I actually think people should watch that video as uncomfortable as it is because yeah. there's a tremendous amount to learn about how to operate. What is, let's, let's close it this way. What do you think the five spreadsheets you're on that people don't know about? I think there's, I'll mention two. Spreadsheet one is, 
office space where you live and where you work inside of the organization. There is a spreadsheet that says who gets to sit where. Yeah, that's right. Spreadsheet two is salary, and it's organized by manager. And it's and, and every year, or probably quarterly, they look at your salary, and they think, is that too high or too low? And they can't take it down. So if they can't, if like it's really bad to take yep. it down. So yep. if if they don't like that number, they might let you go. What are other spreadsheets? Um, businesses, especially at scale, love to quantify performance, however way you measure it. And sometimes it's through closing deals. That's why salespeople can always die. If you're good at sales. See, I felt bad for this person because she'd only been there a few months and hadn't closed anything. She, she said that. She clo- and, and she probably would have. She seems smart. Oh, like, she I was going to close. For Cloudflare? She's going to close deals. She can sell caching. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. So performance, right? Yeah. And that could be... Deals closed. That could be your, the CRM throwing. Well, CRMs ultim- ultimately, love. they start to subtract the number of uh, that business you bring in minus your salary. People are running that number over and over again. CRMs love to spit out mm-hmm. reports. <laughs> That's one of the big ones, right? Who's the top performer? Oh, you know, another good one is the the technology you're allowed to access. Like, the, the, <laughs> when do you get a new laptop? Yeah. Somebody's always thinking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every two years, you can That's have a new. Four. Model. What's a good? What's a fifth spreadsheet, Richard? Bonus. Ooh, yeah, it's end the of year bonus. One. Oh, God. And it is, I'll tell you what, as, as the last firm, the firm that you and I founded um, before this one, you know, that end of year bonus spreadsheet is pretty brutal. Well, it was, it, I mean, there is no more enlightening sociological experiment well you know what i call it you know what i call it there is a moment in any organization and especially new york city everybody is a socialist until right before thanksgiving and like everybody is literally like leaving red bandanas around the office and then like they come back from thanksgiving vacation and then it's adam smith all day long it's really amazing until christmas two months of hardcore capitalism it's really funny yep yeah, look. And then January 10th, everybody's comrade again. Yeah. Spreadsheets are anti-relationship. Boy, are they. They're literally about quantity. They're anti-relationship. Yeah. If you if you are loved by your manager... It's not in there. It's not in there. But they, they may fight, and you may survive, or you may get a better outcome than the spreadsheet says because of that relationship. I mean, the ones that made this utterly transparent were Microsoft, where they had the stack ranking, they put, and they would just kill a percentage at the bottom. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you're at a scale yeah. that you, you, it becomes quantitative almost entirely. Just it's too big. It's just I got to tell you, I, I don't love that part of it. It's not for me as we grow this thing. It's humans, right? It, I, that's don't, I don't like to that's quantify humans. It makes me feel gross. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. I like to reward oh, yeah. them. I like that feeling. But the, the quantification yeah. sucks. Yeah. I mean, look, if there's quantification that is, out, that is outputted from people's judgment and read, is like, oh, he's a sharp one. Or she's, a, she's, a, she's really got it together. Yeah. Is not great. What is inevitable is she closed this much money yeah, it, in 2023. It, it is inevitable. It go. is part of our future. Yeah. I accept it. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, but it, you always have to look for a balance. You can't, I, I think. I agree with that. I do, I do think organizations become pathological when they go, well, that's the only truth that matters. Culture uh, is relationships. Yeah, that's right. And anyway, mess. I don't like mess. Yeah. I don't like TikToks about HR failures. I don't bless like. This mess. What's bless that this mess. Bless that's, this mess. Oh, that's like a little thing you put in the kitchen. You okay. know, like bless it because it's a messy house. But you know what? It's life. Bless it. Living here. Bless together. this mess. Yeah, got it. All right. So I don't um, like mess, and I but I do like chaos. So let's go make some. chaos. I like chaos too, and uh, I'm going to see Tool tonight. 
That's really we just lost 500 listeners. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Speaking of chaos, actually, we have a great tool. It'll clean up your. Speaking chaos. of tools. Speaking of tools and chaos. Aboard.com. Uh, check it out. We'll clean it up. Uh, we love to know what you think. Send us an email. Hello at aboard.com. Yes. If you think we got it all wrong about HR and Substack, you let us know. Let us know. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye. Bye.